Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox. So glad you're joining us today for episode number 83. We will be discussing 10 simple tools we use for worship each weekend. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip local church worship leaders and teams in practical components of local church leadership. We'd be honored to have you share, rate, or subscribe. And if you have questions, we'd love to connect at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We're thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful to you and your ministry team. Let's head now to today's episode. Hey, Tim, it's great to get together here today for this podcast episode. I hope you're doing well. Oh, yeah, I'm doing really great, and uh, a lot of neat stuff happening in church and in life, and um, and I guess, you know, for the stuff that's not so great, I'm just always praying through it and trusting the Lord. Life is a big mixed bag of stuff, and uh, sometimes on podcasts, people make it sound like everything's perfect, but um, there's all kinds of various things going on. But um, I am grateful for everybody who's engaged in this podcast and in our ministry here. And the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast is for worship leaders and worship team members in local churches. And definitely praying that this is helpful for you as the listener. Definitely. And as a reminder, we like to have you subscribe, rate, and share. We would also love to hear from you. And you can connect with us at theworshipleadertoolbox.com or on Facebook, Worship Leader Toolbox Community Group. And today, Tim, you have a list of 10 things you use for worship ministry each week. Yeah, this is really a simple list, and I know, Dave, you probably use several of these as well, as will many other worship leaders that are listening, but um, I just thought I'd put them down as things that happen, um, that, that I pick up or utilize to plan worship on a weekly basis. And um, and just to give some context, maybe, I, I lead worship in a church that has about seven or 800 members, and the average attendance is somewhere around 500. And this group is split between two services, one held in our sanctuary and is more traditional with organ and choir and handbells. And the other is held in our family life center and on a stage down there. And that is more worship band led. Um, and so I actually serve in this role part time and it's a joy to be in the church. And I just wanted to kind of share that context so that when I'm rattling off this list, um, I realize that it'll be different for the different styles and situations and sizes of churches that are out there. But what about you, Dave? What do you have as far as uh, your context? Well, about one-tenth your size. <laughs> what? Uh, it's, got a, it's got a capacity for, I think, 200. It's kind of a smaller church, two, 300. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think I've seen it full one time at Christmas. Uh, usually it's about um, a, th- a third of that capacity or something like that. Yeah. Um, we have one service on uh, Sunday mornings. That's cool. The idea of um, hearing from various perspectives is really helpful because um, there are a lot of times whenever I've had worship leader conferences or worship leader uh, events where some people are showing up and and they're coming to attend to learn and they basically have, um, you know, they're just trying to figure out who can play guitar and lead and how's their sound going to be set up. And and the presenter might be somebody who has already like passed that hurdle like a decade ago, and they are now in a situation where they have an assistant and a full band and this and that and the other, and the worlds are so different, it's almost hard to even you know glean anything from it. So I've always been a big proponent of um, churches sort of connecting with and following um, other churches and other leaders 
who are just a few steps ahead because that's what really helps you take a next step. That's so kind of interesting. Yeah, I like that idea of uh, of paying attention. Maybe if you're watching, uh, listening to other podcasts, maybe if you're tuning into other uh, live services or just in discussions with churches that are bigger than you, churches that are more on the cutting edge because they, they experiment a little more and see what's coming down the pipeline as far as tools go and that kind of thing. I like that. Yeah, well, there's definitely a difference between being inspired and being instructed. And so if you get to a church of 2,000 people and your church is 100, then you're probably more likely just to be inspired. Yeah. But if they try to instruct <laughs> you, they're going to say, oh, yeah, you just get your uh, paid technician to uh, set this up for you and you'll be set. And you're like, oh, I don't have a paid technician. So that's right. Uh, I can't really be instructed on that level. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Well, here's the list. It's the 10 things that I use. And Dave, you can throw in anything you think of. It's so simple. There may not be a lot to throw in. But the first one is my guitar. And for anybody else that's translating that, it would be whatever instrument it is you use to to play. But I've been playing with my playing guitar since sixth grade and have been uh, probably playing it every week since. Though one time in 1999, I heard um, Rich Mullins say he was, um, he said this before then, because I can't remember when he passed away, but some seminar he said he fasted from guitar. And so in 1999, I looked at the calendar and realized I didn't have anything booked between Thanksgiving and Christmas outside of the regular stuff at church. And so I decided to fast from guitar for a month. And during that month, I wrote several songs that actually wound up being on an old Harvest Ministry album called There Is Hope. And m many of those songs were written without guitar. They were just lyrics and tunes in my head. And um, so anyway, that's kind of weird. But the, the guitar I play now, I actually got in 2016. And the guitar before that, I got in 1992. Played it until 2016 when it kind of fell apart. And then I got this new guitar. And I probably play um, guitar at least four days a week um you know and then if we have a conference going on uh it's probably five days but i do rehearsal i do prep and rehearsal worship on sunday special event here and there and um in the summer times i play in the morning noon and night at summer camps for about six weeks straight <laughs> so it's uh, interesting to think that i learned the guitar when i was sixth grade and i've hardly ever put it down now that's really interesting that you say that your instrument lasted um, from 1999 until 1992, yeah, 1992 to 2016. Okay, so going out into the hot, balmy weather of summer camps every year, and then I I was with you on uh, one or two harvest things where yeah. I saw you just lug that thing into the back of your pickup truck. It was bouncing around the back of the pickup mm -hmm. truck. I was amazed that you, that that this you still have this guitar for all these years. That's um, I still have it, but it wasn't worth fixing because it's kind of beyond repair. Yeah. But um, well, one of the takeaways from watching you do that, I I was just appalled that you would you know treat this guitar like it, you probably weren't treating it really bad, but it was just it was I, I baby my guitars mm -hmm. and I had to learn. Well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Are you is this an idol for me? Is am I trying to protect this thing so much? It means so much to me that I have to you know bend over backwards for it. No, God's going to take care of it. God's yep. going to provide. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I learned from you with that. Well, that's cool. Well, I, 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 I kind of treat my instruments. I mean, I don't want to like go nuts with them. I, I took my guitar to Haiti and it was so humid and so climate changed that the trim around the side came off, had to take it to St. Louis. And thankfully Martin well, warranties that for life. And so the guy fixed it for totally free, but, oh, wow. um, but it definitely did a number on it cause it was, you know, it was down there in that weather. But I'd sort of learned long, long time ago that um, I had to 
you know, I leave my guitar out at camps, sitting in the tabernacle, open air all night long, stuff like that. I, I kind of had to learn the same thing I learned with my clothes. I dry all my clothes, and if they can't make it through the dryer, they're not worthy. So <laughs> the, the guitar is the same. If it can't handle going to camps and doing everything, then, then I'm not going to have two guitars to lug around. I have one that I baby and one that I do whatever with. But I also understand, you know, sometimes there's sentimental value and stuff like that. The current guitar I have was actually purchased by a guy in our church because he got frustrated because my old guitar kept wigging out on Sunday mornings, and he was a sound guy. So he said, I'm going to buy you a guitar. My wife and I want to, so let's go to the music store. So we did, and we bought it. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the tools I use. That's good. Well, the uh, next one is uh, capo and tuner. Yeah, these are so tiny, but um, I for the guitar, I use the capo every time I am playing, practically. And I know some people in you know the world uh, of guitar playing think that's like the cheater way to do it, but I don't think that's really a, a thing anymore. It used to be kind of what they talked about, but um, I I've just found it so much easier just to be able to switch keys and and do all that, put it where you need to make it, make the chords easier to play. And as a result of having a capo, it's totally simple to uh, memorize a lot of chords. So it's just mm-hmm. the sound and all that. There's there's so much to that. But then the the tuner, I just clip it on the edge of my guitar. Unless I'm using the tuner on my actual guitar, which runs the battery down pretty quickly, but sometimes I use that as well. And, and yeah, those two things are pretty simple, but I use them all the time. Now, do you use the, uh, the standard spring-loaded clip, or do you have one of those little Shub brand um, with a tension screw? For the capo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just use the Kaiser spring clip. Kaiser? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I clip it on the end of the guitar, and yeah. Yeah. I, I did that for the longest time, and then a buddy of mine was showing me the the Shub brand that he's got, and I thought, yes, the perfect intonation, you know, with just adjust that little screw and everything. But there's a trade off. You you can't just clip it and go, unclip it and go. Yeah, it's it's a process. So if uh if I like if I'm gonna switch back and forth between electric and acoustic, and the electric song happens to be capoed, I'll put that precise one on there because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be moving it around. But other yeah. than that, I I just use a standard Kaiser too. Yep, that's the. The way to go. Some of those other ones that you're describing, sometimes people will just roll them up to the the little nut at the top near the headstock. But I've, I've got been... I've got one of those rolling capos. I decided to get it because there was a song we were changing keys on, and uh-huh. it worked really well for that song. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just take it off the instrument and and uh-uh. uh, but yeah, for for some cases it it works pretty good. Yep, I have one of those too somewhere. <laughs> nice. Okay, number three, Bible. Yeah, and it's kind of weird calling a Bible a tool, but um, I definitely use the Bible uh, when I'm planning for worship each week. And um, there's some Sundays when it might be more of a study or, you know, after a meeting or leading up to like a sermon series, like we did a sermon series on Hebrews a couple uh, series back and went for the whole summer. And so I read that whole thing just because I wanted to have that in my head. But, um, But on any given Sunday leading up to it, uh, our church is set up such a way that the pastor has a gift for planning ahead. And so we usually have, if not the whole year, at least several months of sermon topics, scriptures, and main points. And so um, we uh, you know, are able to take a look at that and kind of plan around that. So I just rely on the Bible to be a, a, a lead in choosing songs and choosing the flow. And even if there's a sermon time that I don't have the information, which happens on every occasion when I'm out and about playing worship music for conferences and camps, you don't know what the speaker's going to say, you know, in advance. 
but I still rely on the Bible as a weekly tool to keep me fresh and focused. And so that's a, just you know, part of that planning. And, one, and actually, just adding in here, uh, one of the podcasts that we do is Faithful Friday, which is a Friday morning devotion for five minutes. And even that little thing, um, putting that out each Friday morning helps me think about how to, um, you know, it just helps me think about staying grounded in Scripture. Because for one, I'm kind of counted on to think of something to say and share during that. And I just noticed that that also changes worship leading in general. So, Yes, that might be a good episode by itself, is what to say between songs. Yeah, <laughs> that and, really and, is. And what not to say between songs. Says I've, I've seen some, yeah. some things. Wow. All right. Let me write that down here. That's really <laughs> good. What to say and not to say between songs. Yep, that's good. Cool. Well, number four is the phone. Yeah, um, I'm sure that uh, this also is a standard thing, but I use the phone on a weekly basis for a couple things. Sometimes I use it for a tuner. I just did that this weekend. Sometimes I use it for um, pulling up a version of the song that we want the worship band to listen to before we start running through it. And um, sometimes I use it to take notes during worship planning meetings. But probably the biggest way I use the phone is just straight communication, texting, and connections and details with our team. And so um, I count that as one of the tools because I use that on a regular basis for the worship ministry. And don't forget about sending memes to your worship team. Yeah, That's important. <laughs> Did you see the ones circulating? So there's a picture of four haircuts that are pretty similar. And it's just kind of the top of them. And it's a dude that has uh, the shaved head on the side, but then longer on top. And it's uh-huh. got a, a nice little swoosh. And it said, if you've gotten one of these haircuts, there's a 179% chance that you're about to tell people to raise a hallelujah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you should put that on that worship leader Facebook community group. Okay. Add that I will. in there. That's funny. All right. Uh, number five, planning center online. Now, this is something that I've actually just started uh, using. I've been trying to use. Um, our pastor set this up a couple months ago, so we get the notifications of, "Hey, you're going to lead," or you know, blah blah blah. But you were telling me that you actually use this to upload songs. Tell how do you? Yeah, and this is one of those things. The perspective wise, um, if if you're any size church, planning center can be helpful because. It takes a little bit of work on the front end, but then it releases a lot of um, pressure as time goes on. And um, a planning center is really designed for worship bands. And people use it for all kinds of stuff now. They schedule hospitality teams and children's teams and all that to work in their churches and serve on given Sundays. But um, <clears throat> the beauty of planning center really is, is that you can um, upload chords from, you know, you put your own chords in and after you've put them all in, then you can arrange it, the song, for people in your worship team to play it the way you want to. You can add new arrangements and all that type of stuff. And you can also add the MP3 files, music or video from YouTube or any of those things. And if you have an MP3 file in there, you can actually adjust the key. So I know there's a lot of programs that do that too, but you can just, you know, if you want to do it B flat, it just raises up a little bit. If you really adjust the key, then it kind of sounds like Chipmunks or, you know, like a Johnny Cash <laughs> song, depending on which way you go. But there's a, just a lot of interesting things you can do with it. And so we use it uh, heavily, like that's, Planning Center is the only order of worship that we have out there on Sunday mornings. 
like that's the only thing people see it's not in the program people get it's not anywhere else you got to have a planning center connected and so over the years all of our team you know once you become part of the worship team you've got to be in that system you got to know the system most of them have the app on their phone and everybody really relies on that and then the trade-off of course is is the people running the planning center have to be on top of it <laughs> have the music in there and have it in there right and that's always been my not my strongest suit all those details but but it is a huge help for anybody that that is serving in worship teams. That's good. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, implement that with um, uploading, or I guess it wouldn't be uploading, but um, putting all of our sheet music into it, or making a link to Song Select or or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in the near future, here we're gonna start implementing that. Well, it definitely. I mean, it definitely um, gets it's connected to Song Select and other things too, so it's easy to just mm-hmm. import it. But um, but whenever we get together next time. I can show you a couple things that I wish I would have known at the very beginning because I would have done it a little different. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Because <laughs> it's real good. It could be crazy if you just start piling it all in. But yeah. But but one thing I know about Planning Center, if if the if this week is good, then you're good. And then if next week's songs are good, then those are great. And then you're just talking four to five to six songs a week that you gotta make really good. The next time you schedule those songs, you know they're good. And so it builds a library as opposed to dumping in a hundred songs and then not all of them are good. Then you're overwhelmed. So it's yeah. better to just have a great first five songs and then a great next five songs. And then just, you mm-hmm. know, simple consistency. So, yeah. Yeah. Planningcenteronline.com. You can check that out if you haven't gotten it yet. That sounds great. Uh, so number six is another technology that I, I haven't even heard of. Uh, Slack. Tell yeah. It's, Slack. it's basically just an app and, um, and it's a glorified texting loop. And so within Slack, you can have various channels so you can keep track of worship planning or worship tech or whatever you want to do. But, um, and you know, you don't want to ask your people to, you know, sign on to the worship team and, and give them 10 new things they got to learn. But if I had to have them learn two things, it would be Slack and planning center. And, um, and the deal with Slack is, is that we use it for our planning side of things for the pastor and worship leaders and designers. But we also use it for the tech team mainly, and those guys and, and ladies wind up um, being able to debrief after the service because there's not always time to meet every week and talk about it. Everybody's volunteer, but um, during service sometimes you'll get a little text: "Hey, uh, the audio stream is too loud, or it's clipping, or this is happening, or that's happening." And then after church, somebody will say, "Hey, we need to make sure we do this next week," and all that is on the Slack channel. You get notifications just like a text, but then it's always saved and it's always in there. And so you can refer to it and upload files or whatever you want to do like that. But uh, Slack is definitely something we use for our church staff and and planning for a long time, but just recently got all the audio team and video team connected to it. So That makes yeah, sense. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I, I'm always putting things in perspective of if you were doing the same thing 100 years ago, what would it look like? And so obviously we wouldn't have any of this stuff. You would have a guy with um, maybe an organ if your if your church had the uh, budget for an organ, but most likely it would be a cappella. It would be um, one book, uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe um, maybe not even a book. Maybe doing everything from memory or something like that. And uh, that's just that, fun to think. That's about. a funny way to look at it, putting perspective yeah. a hundred years ago. And yeah. sometimes that um, you do that perspective. It's kind of sad in some ways sometimes because you get overloaded with things that aren't really important. But yeah. You're also ministering in the context you're in, and if everybody is too busy to sit around and just, you know, also 100 years ago, they all sat around and had fried chicken dinners until 2 p.m. after church, too, and nobody has time <laughs> for that anymore. 
Nobody even knows how to make fried chicken anymore. So, you know what? Funny you say that. Uh, we have uh, a young guy from India. He's about 20, I think. He just moved to go to over there to uh, SIU for engineering. Mm-hmm. And he lives down the street from our church. He Googled, hey, where's the nearest church so he could walk to it? And he's, he's been going here for about two or three months. And now he's playing piano and bass for us. <laughs> uh, but he was talking about how church is done over there in his part of India. Uh, he's, 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 he's come from about three generations of Christian uh, families, yeah. uh, as opposed to like converting from Hinduism or whatever. Mm-hmm. But every single Sunday, he leaves his house at 9 a.m., goes to the church. He doesn't come home until 11 p.m. that night. Huh. Because they go to the church, they do their, however long the church lasts, they have their food, and then they sit around and just sing and fellowship, and, and he's gone all day on a Sunday, and I think that is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, before we finish up here, we want to take a moment to thank Don and Pro Alarm for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You may never have thought about it, but having a keypad entry to the church building with a code really makes so many things easier, and this is just one of the many things a great security system person can do. Give them a call today at 618-887-4803 or go to ProAlarm.net. And we're back with number seven of the 10 tools we use each week in worship leading. Pro Presenter. Yeah, and I don't know if you use this. There's a multiple options for what to use, but this is my little list. And every week we use Pro Presenter to put the lyrics up. And um, though I'm not the one that really does it all the time, we've kind of built a system so other people actually insert the lyrics, get it all ready and put it all in and run the program. But um I really rely on the back screen for lyrics when I'm at my own church because for the most part, I just don't, uh, you know, I I have most of the chords memorized and a lot of the songs are sort of memorized, but for the most part, I rely on them to kind of help lead it and direct through it. And um, so ProPresenter does all that, the lyrics and the videos and everything we're going to put up, announcements and all that. I think our church uses that. I've seen the sound guy and and I know what ProPresenter looks like. And I think from a distance, I've seen, uh, you know, the panels and everything that, that, yeah. that he has on there. Now, our sound guy will put um, pads on us uh, if if we ask him to. Like I was using pads. Uh, here, we're talking about guitar. I should have put this back in the guitar section, but um, I've got that little amp that I've showed you before, that little positive grid uh, spark amp that has the mm-hmm. Bluetooth. And so I've got a pads app on my phone that I was using for a while. And the tone of it, it's okay. It's not really awesome. Uh, but his tones that he's got for his pads... Uh, sound great and hmm. he's he says he's doing it through pro presenter or th- through whatever software he's got oh, okay. uh have you have you guys done that before we have done pads but i've never had i mean we've done it through our own um the, somebody running the laptop on stage does it so okay yeah but in the old days when i first started i would yeah i'd run i have a whole big uh file of pads on my iPad or somewhere that we would hook up at the soundboard. And so whenever we, you know, there's a certain key and this is like the old, old days, we would just, whatever key it was, we'd have the sound person fade in that key on the pad and then, nice. then fade it back out. So that mm-hmm. it was just kind of like a keyboard player back there that wasn't really doing anything. <laughs> yeah. That's handy. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he said that his is linked to the actual slides. So when he starts the slides, that's when the pad starts. Oh yeah. It could th- definitely. Three second entry or something like that. Yeah. I should check into that. I mean, that's definitely good. That's a, there's so much technology you can do. Even ProPresenter can, um, well, it, it gets kind of deep, I guess. And I, we don't actually do this. We just rely on a bunch of people to be involved and be a part of it. But you can pretty much automate everything 
from lights to lyrics to tracks. Oh yeah, like, lights for that's, every song. That, that's a whole different part of worship that yeah. we definitely didn't do a hundred years ago. But uh, that's a that's a team by itself. Sometimes hundred years ago, the lighting people were stained glass makers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, number eight, song select. Yeah, I heard you mention this. This basically is just a place to get chords and mm-hmm. sheet music for for songs. And um, I often will just use this website to jog my memory of what songs we could add to the list. So you can put a keyword in or a scripture and, you know, get get ideas for songs that fit. And um, I like it on, C- on Song Select. I guess it's through CCLI. Um, there is a... Uh, a a list like top 100 worship songs in the United States, top 100 in Canada, top 100 in UK. And it's just interesting to see those lists. And, um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about doing the popular song, but, uh, there's a whole bunch of great songs that are kind of in the groove of our worship team. And so we just kind of rotate through those and every mm-hmm. once in a while I'll pull out a new one. So song select also connects with planning center online. And it also connects with Pro Presenter. So if there's a new song, they don't have to type all the words in. They can just go to Song Select and pull it in, and it goes verse, chorus, and all the way through onto Pro Presenter. So that's pretty, great, pretty handy. Yeah, we'll definitely have to to look in that at our church. Um, I like Song Select. You know, you can change the key pretty easily, and uh, does a pretty good job. What I'm I'm not a big fan of is I like everything to fit on one page, and they've got mm-hmm. that whole two two column thing that they can do, but sometimes it 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 um, it makes weird, like just last week, I forget what the song it was, uh, but it, it put half of the chorus onto the next uh, column, which yeah. is a little disorienting. And so if, if that kind of thing happens, I usually just go ahead and handcraft. I throw everything into a Word document and, and do it the way I want it to so I can put it on one page and it, and it comes out okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you um, get in that groove on Planning Center, you can also, um, you could always take a Word document and upload to Planning Center as a PDF. But you can also, on Planning Center, go to the lyrics and chords section and design it how you want, as big a font as you want, two column if you want, you know. And then anytime you change it, then it always is easily changeable to a different key or different whatever. That's so great. The same work that you're doing on Word, you could do on Planning Center, and it will kind of make it easier in the future. Now I so. bet if you do it in Planning Center, then if you wanted to change the key in the future, it would do it automatically. Yeah. Or is that so whatever something? you whatever you put in, yeah. Once it's in the way you want it, you can always change the key. And change the chords and, and and even in there uh, one song the song might be an f and then in addition to the key in f as an attachment so your worship team can practice they can also pull up capo 3d so all that happens automatically so it makes it easy for people to practice and rehearse and know what's going on before they get there wow yeah i was in the habit of making two copies every week one with the capo for the guitarist and, and one for the piano and I I just didn't really feel like doing that anymore. So I just decided to start translating in my own mind of like, oh, let's have the piano song and I can just throw a capo on and remember where everything's at. Yeah. And that's that works sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work other times. But uh, right if, to that. have that capacity, I, I'm going to definitely look into that. That'd be great. Yeah. It, I mean, it's all part of Planning Center. So if you got it going at all, you might as well utilize it. It's, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, number nine is the iPad. Yeah. And this is basic, but... Um, the planning center app has something called music stand. So you can actually download another free app called music stand. And, um, and then you can just flip the pages on your iPad to go through for the songs for Sunday. And it has the order of worship in there. And it kind of says, next thing is prayer. Next thing is offering. Next song is this. And so you just kind of flip, it fills up the whole, you know, iPad screen. 
And so we bought some little iPad adapters for our mic stands or music stands, you know, little extra things around. And we actually just bought iPads for our church for anybody to use when they show up to log into. And so everybody can do it. And all those iPads are pretty, they're all used, uh, you know, a couple generations back, but they weren't very expensive. I think they're like 60 bucks. And we just put all the apps on there and everybody's ready to go. So I, That's great. Uh, I use that each week. And I know there's a big thing of some churches require memorization or, or strive toward it. And um, there's a lot to that. I've talked about it on different occasions with people, but um, it, that really kind of depends on where you're at expectation-wise with your team and how many team members you have. Because, you know, if you're only playing once a month, you have a month to memorize songs. That's that's a little different than weekly. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's a lot to that. But anyway, the iPad, I use it every week. Uh, well, that jogs my memory about um, one church I was at used the uh, Nashville number system. Uh-huh. And that just confused. I, I really couldn't do it. And so I would just make my own. That would make do. But um, have you ever used that before? I haven't ever like had to like use it. I've only seen it and experienced yeah. it a couple times. But I'm wondering if the churches that require you to memorize do that Nashville system, because then you're not thinking in terms of, oh, what are all of these five chords that we're using? If you're yeah. using that, that system, it's in the key of something, and uh-huh. you just do the, the number system. And you just do the number system. Yeah. Well, we'd like to hear from anybody that uses the Nashville number system in their in their worship. I was just in Nashville this past week talking to a guy that said I, I handed him some music, and before I handed it to him, he goes, "Is it letters or numbers?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yep. pretty funny. Awesome. Uh, number ten, Ableton. Ableton is something that I really can't speak to very much. I just know we use it, and we have a team of people who know how to do it, and I'm thankful for them. But we basically utilize Ableton for the backing tracks, if we have a backing track for that song, and for the click and pad sounds that go into other songs. And so um, we have a handful of people, that drummers and keyboard players who just know the, the and guitar players who know the setup, and they, they put it all together for each week and just go for it. And uh, I'd say we have a couple backing tracks each week and then two or three songs that are just kind of natural. We don't use backing tracks. Now, at this same church I was at that was using the Nashville system, they had something that they called a click track. I don't, they might have been using Ableton, might have been some other software. But uh, he was explaining to me that they actually have the entire band playing, not not the church band, but this, you know, MIDI band or whatever. Uh-huh. And that, uh, let's say the drummer couldn't make it that week. Well, they would just turn the drummer on for that song. And because we were, they're were on a click track, you know, they'd go through and, and play it exact. Uh, or if the bass player couldn't make it, or if they didn't even have a bass player, they just use that. Is that is that what you is that what you have? Yeah. So the backing tracks is basically that. Like um, we, it every. I mean, it seems weird whenever it's the drummer. Like you don't see a drummer, but you hear the drums. That's kind of strange. But yeah. it is amazing. You cannot have a bass player on stage, have the bass going through the tracks, and nobody even notices. And um, and so everybody, well, <laughs> everybody's just gotten used to playing along with clicking tracks. And when there's a backing track on there. There's actually in our ear monitors a guide voice saying verse two three four chorus two three and and then everybody just kind of follows along with that. But we most often just use backing tracks if there is something magical in the recording that you could never really produce, like the little parts that just are in there that are neat, but nobody's going to play those parts in real life. Or they'll have like three electric guitars, and our electric guitar player will do the main part, but then this other stuff is still crunching through back there in the background. And so um, it, it's mainly just been, it's been a lot of fun and it's really tightened our group and raised the level of our group just having to 
follow along with clicks and tracks and to stay on it. And the other thing backing tracks does is it really helps you stay on tempo and therefore on time for the service because mm-hmm. you know a song you might time a song out to be four and a half minutes but then you get to church and you might go faster than you practiced and so now it's only three and a half or you might go slower than you practice now it's five and a half i mean like mm-hmm. there's always leeway it's not like our church service is that nailed down to the minute but it does help like plan because you know the time and i imagine you have to have to have to use in-ear monitors with the click system you yeah you definitely have to use in-ear monitors because otherwise you have the click going out to whoever like mm-hmm. I, I and sometimes there'll be somebody that'll play violin or something they won't even do the track they won't hear the click or the track they'll just be playing along with the band but the drummer and the bass player and the keyboard player and everybody else is on the click track and so they're mm-hmm. they're with it uh it's kind of grown to where i would say 95 percent of the time we use a click or a track and um people are more comfortable with it now than they than they are not using it all right well, uh, that's all 10. We've got one more bonus culture cards. Tell yeah, us about the, cult- the bonus, cards. the bonus culture card is basically something we just created. We haven't used it in a while, so it's actually on the blog post for this episode, but, and you can still download it and use it, but, um, we did it for quite a while. I just created some little cards that had like quotes and some like prayer points and it just a, it looks like the size of a baseball card and Sunday morning between the sound check and the actual worship service, we'd circle up for prayer. We'd hand out those cards and we'd talk about them and just kind of visit a little bit. And then we'd pray together and then we'd do church. It's just like a little opportunity to whatever it is you're kind of working on the culture of your worship team, you know, stage presence or rehearsing or, uh, you know, what to say between songs, whatever the thing is, these little culture cards might be a trigger for that conversation. And, um, so yeah, if you go to our website, you can actually uh, download those and utilize them. Nice. Well, thanks, Tim. It's been a great list, most of which everyone had already had at their disposal. Uh, I know I've learned a few things today. Um, I think it's awesome to use every tool available to make worship great, give glory to God, and lift up the name of the Lord in your church and region. Yep. If you have something to add to this list to, that you use each week, head over to the Worship Leader Toolbox Facebook group and add your idea in. And if you like to count the number of times that Dave says well in a podcast, we can have a, a contest for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I keep saying that all the time. Hey, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again for joining us this week, and we'll talk again soon. And we're back with number seven of the 10 things. What are we doing? The the 10 tools. 10 tools. We use each week. (laughs) Okay. That's hilarious. (laughs) 